Hello, and welcome to the Bubbor podcast from Fathom Analytics. I am Paul Jarvis, and I'm joined as always, or I guess as usual, because sometimes we have guests by my co-founder, Jack Ellis. Hello. Hey, dude, let's get into it. excited i think people need to know that we are changing up the format of how we do these podcasts we are actually doing prep work we're not just talking about things that are happening in fathom we're actually doing some prep work to structure the episodes paul's been doing this i think i don't know 15 years have you been doing this 15 yeah, years? i think so, i've been podcasting for a long time <laughs> yeah longer than i've been alive so he's um yeah he's got a great way of structuring it and we're going to go back to doing more regular podcasts. And yes, we, we do see the funny side of us doing the we're back episode and then taking a break. There's been lots going on. But from this point forward, we are going to be structuring the podcast. Well, actually, the QA point forward, that was a structured podcast. It yeah. was. So we'll structure it how that- we structure guest interviews almost, which will be fun. Yeah, basically, like we're interviewing each other and still... It's still this. I guess it the, the structure is changing slightly, but it's still kind of the same information. People want to know the ins and outs of running this business, and we're pretty transparent about that. So we're just gonna we're gonna continue in that vein, but in a hopefully more enjoyable to listen to format, a more structured way as well, yeah. which I think is really good. So let's see how it goes. I'm excited, man. Yeah. So I want to start with because this episode is about our move from being makers to managers for both of us, which is kind of cool. I think it's important to kind of AB or contrast how we worked when we started Fathom versus how we work now. Because I think that's kind of the the crux of this is, is the why we have to go from maker to manager in the first place. No, for sure. So how, how did we work on Fathom when we started versus how we work now? What's actually changed? I mean, we, we our, our workflow before, it would literally be us on, I guess, Twist or Signal. We'd talk through stuff and we'd sort of just do it. I don't remember us having any kind of serious project management system. You had your notes and I had, I had my notes. Yeah. And we did try Twist for a little bit, but that didn't end up sticking. Well, and one of the bigger things that I've noticed when, when I'm building something because I'm involved in the kind of strategy and decision-making, I can make decisions whilst I'm building. So imagine there's stuff we hadn't talked about. I can, like, I know what to do because I know mm-hmm. where we're going. Um, I find that now I need to be more clear in the specs because it's absolutely stupid to assume that every single person would know exactly what I'm thinking because it's impossible. And so I, one of the things now is when we're moving, uh, delegating work, I've noticed that we need to be um, documenting the spec of tasks in a, in a more detailed way because mm-hmm. they, people, you know, people can't read your mind. And this is one of the things I've dealt with in various jobs where you get a task and it's not actually clear and you don't have the info to actually make decisions on certain things. And that's a shit feeling as a developer. And I know that feeling and I think that's something... That's why I've probably become aware of it. And so now our approach to things is becoming much more planned. 
Um, I think there's been there's this middle ground where I've kind of stalled in not wanting to to leave the the 100 coding behind or whatever I did before. But now it's a case of um, yeah, specking stuff out more. That that's that's how I'm seeing it. How are you seeing things? How are things differed? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good point. If if you ask me to do something. Uh, you could say, hey, Paul, just do this, and it would be a sentence long. And I know the implications of doing that across our application, our marketing site, the engine. Like, I know because you and I know everything about the business, at least currently, that that's probably going to change in the future. (laughs) But like when or if you or I have something for the other person, we can be very brief because we know each other very well, but we also know the entire software and company that we built really well right so it's harder like even even today we're talking to our developer about um a a task by getting uh something from stripes api into our internal admin tool Mm. and i had used the word invoice but invoice in stripe means generating an invoice and so the way that he was going to build it was going to be different than you and i thought but i had used the wrong word I, I should have used the word receipt because if I look at Stripe, it's issuing a receipt, not an invoice, because an invoice is a new thing to pay. A receipt is something that's already been paid. So I think it, it, you and I having to be a lot more specific with our spec when we're working with um, when we're working with the people that we're working with is going to be really important because I think this is the and this is kind of what I've been running into in the way that I've been thinking about Fathom is that in the beginning, Fathom had to exist in your head and my head as far as everything that had to be done, everything that was coming up, everything, how it worked, how it operated, how it was going to work. All of that was we could move faster because there were no processes because it was just in our brains. And now that is actively hurting us because it can't just live in our brains. It's also too big. Like sometimes customers ask a question for our customer support guy and he asks us and we're like, I don't know. Like I don't remember because there's so many things that work. We can't hold it all in our head. So we have to begin documenting, coming up with processes and, and that sort of thing. Well, and even now I've, I've just put my phone on do not disturb as we're talking and um, there's still confusion around it. And so obviously this is the task of the day. It's a small task and we'll get through this in no time, but reissue invoice. Now I thought, and and he correctly thought that we were talking about the, the thing we discussed where we void an invoice and reissue it with a new address but you were thinking about, oh no, it's just I want to send the, the resend the receipt to probably a different email. And then it's a case of you just talking about receipts. I'm thinking, well, no, we actually want to harness the Fathom's invoice sending process to just go to a different email. There's no, But this all this stuff, and so having to be detailed, and you say about stuff being in our head, we're actually at the point where things can't stay in our head. We have so much complicated stuff that even between us, there's going to be confusion. And it just comes back to, our documentation that's improving and Ash is working on that. And I've been doing a little bit of work on that and then just being more clear about everything. Because when you're clear, people feel much more confident in their work and we feel confident. Like the spec for the latest big project we're doing is fantastic, very detailed, and it's easy to review the work against it. And so we're embracing that more, I think. And we didn't have to do that at all before. I mean, we spec stuff out, but you know, if I'm working on something or you're working on something, we can fill in the gaps quite confidently because A, the product is small, 
and B, we know exactly, as we said, we know exactly where it's going strategically. And so there's a few, there are a few things there. Um, and some engineers just want to be given the spec. And I, I feel that because I've, I've been there. And so, yeah, we're, we're adapting to that. And we do, I think we're doing a good job. We're getting there. This is new. Well, well, yeah, it's a process. And then uh, that brings me to talking about the previous work you've done. Obviously, you've run multiple software companies before and you've been involved in bigger projects. What was your previous management style like or, or even your collaboration style to so say you wanted to get something built? How did you approach that and how involved were you? And was it just a case of writing specs? How did that look? Yeah, it was me writing spec and it was so it, there's two there's two different scenarios here the first one is somebody hired me to do something mm-hmm. and i had a team that i had to manage like a team of freelancers like developers and copy editors and maybe another designer or something where i had to manage it but there's also the i start a company with some friends and we need to build a product so yeah. i have to and in both cases i basically did the spec and I would basically just ask questions of either the the customer who hired me or the or my teammates, like, what does this need to do? And then I would start specking it out, then we give it to the developer, like, does this make sense technically, because I'm not a developer, and I would make sure everybody had buy in with the spec, and then we would, we would run from there. I've also been involved as a consultant looking at other people's specs mm-hmm. a couple times. Not very many times, but I've done that a few times. Um, as far as management style goes, and I'm kind of realizing this more as we kind of go with Fathom and we hire more people, is that I feel like my strength as a manager <laughs> is not being much of a manager, which sounds like a cop-out, but I actually don't think it is. Mm-hmm. I think my management style is I work really, really well with people who are self-starters like me mm-hmm. who just see something and, and get it done and then ask questions if they have a problem with it or don't understand. Like that style, I'm really good at. I'm not good at motivating somebody who isn't <laughs> motivated. I'm not good at following up with people who aren't delivering. And I'm not good with people who, yeah, just aren't delivering. Like that frustrates me. I get mad. It's not mm. like, it's not productive. Not so I think sure. that like, but I guess in knowing that now, I think that's the type of people we look for. Like the two people that we've hired full time are perfect examples of fitting in exactly well with my management style. So. Yeah, no, for sure. And the motivating people, there's so many things to motivation, like, you know, the lifestyle, everything. So it's just a multi and making sure they're not burned out. So if mm. I find for me, I have way less motivation when I feel overwhelmed or burned out. That That's how I work at least. So I look mm-hmm. at other people, I think, okay, I want to make sure they're not burned out. I want to make sure they don't feel just so overwhelmed that they can't, not think I'm being dramatic, or they can't breathe. Some people actually get to that point, but do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Motivation dies when you feel burned out. And so that when I talk about motivation, that's one of my obsessions of everyone. I'm looking around going, is this person overwhelmed? Is there too much work coming from us? Because I think that's, yeah. that's really important. So that's interesting how you've um, how you've managed over the years. I, I get the whole impetus of this has been your your mindset shifting, right? Yep. So I, I want to get into this. What what changed for you as far as because a few months ago you and I had had internal conversations about how you had wanted to definitely stay to the majority of your day being 
developing, right? Yeah. And now it's shifted to you're taking on more of like the the management role where you're over where you're like reviewing PRs, working with the developers, working on basically the CTO role. So what cha- what changed and what brought about that change? Yeah, this is such a good question. And I was just on a podcast where someone you know called me out and said you discussed this as well publicly <laughs> you know you wanted to stay as a and i think one of the things about me is that my mind is is open and i'm always open to changing it based on new thoughts mm-hmm. so here's the thing if i it, like right now or but it's changing but i wrote last night i wrote down things that are on my brain and i didn't i literally took 30 seconds and there's 18 separate big sections and so the, it's things like the database, um, planning so-and-so's tasks and merging pull requests and escalated technical support, technical blog posts, blog, all this stuff. And I, I sort of thought to myself, okay, you're being completely unrealistic with how much stuff you can get done. Why on earth would you want to be taking on these huge coding projects when you know you haven't got the mental bandwidth? And that's really what it boils down to with, um, with ability you know, and and knowing my limits, I suppose. And then I also thought about it. So if I wanted to just write code and my primary goal in life was to write code, I would probably just uh, like take a coder job. I wouldn't Mm. run a business. I wouldn't do any of this. I'd I'd maybe, I do open source and I do courses and, and that would be it. That's really not my primary goal when I think about it. If you said to me, what's more important to you, having happy customers who love the product that your team's making or being able to spend everyday coding. Honestly, I like helping people. I like solving their problems. I mean, people are so grateful. We wouldn't have thousands of customers if people weren't loving Fathom. And that gives me more of a kick than anything else. That's what's important to me. I like solving people's problems. I'm a problem solver. And that's typically been done by coding. And now it's a case of, okay, your time's realistically going to be 10, 20% coding and then 80%, you know, high level architecture, um, management of other things. That's the expectation now. And I'm okay with it. I really am because I can still code and I've been feeling too overwhelmed because I've got these trying to take on all these big projects. And then meanwhile, there's a bunch of other stuff that I'm trying to do. And I think it's a case of not being honest with myself about my limits and only when you write them down. You think, oh, wow, that's ridiculous. I'd never expect anyone to do this. And I was listening to a book. I think it was Dan Martel or someone. In the early days, you do everything. You 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 kind of, I mean, this was before. Was this before I had a kid? No, it wasn't. But I know that every waking moment I was grinding on something. And you need to do that in the beginning. I don't think that's sustainable. And it's not also not the life I want to live. I want to live a balanced life. I want to work, you know, at a decent amount a day. I don't want to work. It's not, people shouldn't be proud that they're working like 80 hour weeks. Why, why no, you you're doing like something that? wrong. Yeah, there's something, some therapy needed there. Well, at, I mean, at some, sorry, at points in life, it makes sense where you're grinding. If you're, if you're a startup founder, I, I get that. I, I totally get that. Um, but yeah it can't be the norm though yeah exactly and that's what it comes down to and so if i want the norm which is you know we talk about we'll talk about lifestyle business later if if that's if i want the norm for myself and for our whole company why on earth am i trying to overload myself with stuff that i'm never going to be able to achieve what would my time be spent more effectively doing and it, it goes to well realistically i mean at some point maybe we outsource the pr reviews or we bring in help but it makes sense that I'm reviewing PRs, but why am I then trying to build like 
a really complex project in addition to reviewing 20 PRs that are over. It doesn't make any sense. And yeah. so I'm blocking people by being almost selfish because I want to code in a way. And um, I don't care about coding. I want our customers to be happy. That's enough to motivate me, by the way. That alone saying, oh, our, our users, our customers will be happy. That stokes me up more than anything, more than anything about like coding. I've coded for years. I've coded since I was 13 you know, it's not like I need to code. I mean, I will, I will code as well. I just need to be realistic about the work I'm doing. So I know I'm rambling a bit, but it is something that I've been thinking about very actively, and I feel very okay with approaching this this new situation. It feels weird though, dude. You know, because I've always thought of managers as being useless and not doing anything, and some of them are like that. You know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's yeah, it, it can happen for sure, but. I do think that the business, again, I mean, we we faced this last year as well, where the, the business becomes, like in the beginning, it was just the product, like the business side of things didn't matter because there wasn't much to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, the, the the running the actual thing that makes the thing is mm-hmm. a lot of work. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time for, for both of us to run the business, but also work to work in the business and on the business is a lot of work. And I mean, I've told you this for over a year that you're trying to take on too much and no, it's not, it's just not going to like, it, 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 it doesn't work and it's not a failure because you can't do all of the things. It's just a matter of, okay, well, no human being could do all those things. So let's figure out an alternate way to move forward. And I, I think what we're setting up with the, with the people that we've hired and the folks that we're working with is building towards that and i mean i guess i'm conscious of that too like you were saying you don't want um you don't want to burn out and you don't want the people that work for us to burn out i feel the same like i don't i don't want to give too much to people or even like i was talking to who our um our customer support guy who's also doing qa and i'm like this the 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 task i assigned him today i'm like this is not a high priority task like just chip away at this kind Mm -hmm. of in between doing the other stuff because it's not like i don't want you to have too much to to work on or to be overwhelmed or anything. Cause like, I don't want to feel like that. I want you to feel yeah. like that. So <laughs> I think that, I think it was Rand Fishkin who said that company culture trickles down, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way that the founders are or the way that the people who run the company are is the way that employees are going to try to emulate or model, whether consciously or subconsciously, right? So I want to make sure that you and I are balanced and happy and not overwhelmed and able to uh, able to produce our best work so then the people that work for us are like oh i can i can do the same thing right like that makes sense to me yeah and the, the lifestyle business which you know has previously been used as like an insult which always made me laugh it's like ha you're not spending 80 hours of your week working on a business you suck. like okay <laughs> yeah really that's an insult is it um yeah. i like that it, it should trickle down the company i mean what like the time off policies like we don't care like you need time off take time off it's literally yeah. it's very relaxed and we, but we are focused on delivering deliver you deliver your work and then time off like we don't care you're you're an adult it, it, it's nice not micromanaging people and that's just that's just great i can't even imagine micromanaging people it's such oh, a weird God. thought i wouldn't do I it know. it's just a weird but you have to hire good people to be able to trust them sorry uh, yeah good and trustworthy people um mm-hmm. them being trustworthy and, and we're, we're good at reading people and we can we're very good at reading people, both of us. And so we can hire people who are trustworthy and um, who are solid team players. 
I do like it. I mean, it's weird to think that we're growing our team on a, on a full-time basis and part-time basis, but it feels right. It feels good. It feels needed as well. Mm-hmm. Has this changed our mission? Like we're uh, not a company of one. <laughs> we're, 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 we're growing, right? Like has this changed anything about our mission or our ethos or kind of how we want our company to be in like best case scenario? I think it's more a case that we empower people. We empower people to be able to get stuff done. Um, the mission, me and you aren't involved in. So that's another thing we'll have to change at some point. You know how we're involved in the spec right now. We're detailing mm. that might change in the future. We might have, um, like we might have a VP of engineering or something. Who knows what's got a more senior? I don't know what, what's going to happen. And maybe there is a, like a project manager role, or I don't know what it looks like. Um, so, but our mission changing. I guess that's personal mission. The mission of the company, you know, the mission of the company is the same. We got an email from another investor yesterday. Um, I forget, forget who. Actually, a really cool company. It was like a, a family style company. I mean, it's irrelevant, but yeah, that that just that adds complication, that adds stress, that removes our ability to um, move at a pace that we want to. And that's the biggest thing. If someone came along and was like, "Hey, uh, here is fifty million dollars. We don't care if you grow. We just want you to have it in the bank for if you need it." That would be a lot harder for me to instantly turn down. I think, yeah, because it's yeah. the it's the chasing growth and it's the you know, obsession with. And no one's going to do that, by the way. No one's going to no, give you no. that much money. <laughs> yeah, you do what you want. You want to spend it how you want. No, no board meetings needed. No reports. Don't even worry about it. Check in with us in you know thirty years. Yeah, um, that's never going to happen. But yeah, so now the mission hasn't changed. I mean, do you think it has? No, I mean, obviously, I wrote a fucking book called Company of One. It's the worst fucking title ever. And I live it. <laughs> I I have to deal with it every I had to deal with it on our call yesterday with Ree. Hey, Ree, um, our privacy officer. Uh-huh. Right? Like, but the point and it's funny, too, because the point of the book was never about not growing. It was about trying to be better instead of trying to be more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's still exactly what Fathom is. We see where we can be better and if that involves bringing on another person then that's what we do mm-hmm. right like i don't think but i guess i i do think there would be a limit like if we were like a 2000 person company i don't think i would be very happy right like there's pro- i don't know what that limit is but i think that there would be a limit where i'd be like ah oh, this just feels kind of like administrative at that point Okay, well, hold on then. But what, what does administrative mean? Is it like, you're just signing checks or like are you not involved in the building? Is it the detachment from the building that you wouldn't like? And what, so hypothetically, this is never going to happen, yeah. but if you imagine we're there, right? So 5,000 people work for Fathom. <laughs> what, what do you think your day to day would look like? And what would you want your day to day to look like? It feels like it would be meetings. It feels like the whole day yeah, would be would, meetings. It, it if I'm the. Would be like see something oh then it would be meetings and i hate that like i think we're doing one meeting a week with our team (laughs) and probably hopefully it'll be 30 minutes long um mostly we'll talk about f1 sorry jack yeah um but yeah like i do think so i 100 think that there's a place for meetings i also 100 think that in bigger companies a lot of meetings happen just to have meetings because a lot of people's jobs are to have meetings. And if yes. they're not having meetings, they can't do their job. So I do, I would never want that job for myself. And I guess it's changed. I think even when I wrote that book, which is now like almost five years ago when I wrote it, not when it came out, um, 
I thought that I wouldn't ever want to be a manager because I would rather be doing than managing. But I think what you and I are kind of growing into is a hybrid where, like I look at my, and let's, let's talk about our day to day, because I think that that's kind of interesting. Like I, I maybe spend an hour or two managing and that involves like specking or talking to Ash on customer support or talking to you, like less than half of my day is managing. And then the other half of my day is designing and writing. And it might not be I get a four hour chunk every day to do that. But there's at least a little bit of time where I can be doing something like I love writing and I love designing. So there's at least a little bit of my time where I can be doing those things. Whereas if I was just doing like if I was just like managing managers or managing meetings of senior VPs who manage managers who then manage the makers, like I think you're right that the further away from that, I think I can get a bit further from the making, but I don't want to be completely removed from it. How about you? Yeah, I'd say you would be you would be removed from the actual implementation, but you the yeah. way the way it would work is you'd have probably a monthly board meeting and people would send you b-o-r-e-d yeah yeah <laughs> and you would be a little <laughs> bit bored people would send you weekly updates like you'd you'd hire directors you'd do something along those lines and they'd then report to you but in the board meeting you took high level strategy and you wouldn't be involved you obviously wouldn't be involved in the implementation necessarily maybe you do some design um so yeah you wouldn't be in charge in charge of implementing the work you'd be kind of top down how it how things happen in the company that's how mm. it would work. You, that's what. That's the stage it would get to, and then arguably, if you were in that position where there were people that were, you know, taking the ideas and run, uh, running with them, you would arguably have completely free days if you've hired the right people. So there's a there's different ways this can look, and it all depends on the people you've got hired, and it depends on do you want your days to be empty and to not be involved in the in the execution, I suppose, because you'd be detached from execution if you were uh, sitting on the board and you were just, you know, board member. <laughs> so, Would you want that? Like, would you want a 5,000 person company where you're the head of it? Um, like 5,000 people makes me quite nervous. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. So I, I'm okay with being detached from the execution. I'm okay with that. If it means that people are benefiting. And then another thing, if people are happy with their jobs, those, mm. those are, the things that I care about. But would you be happy with your job at that point is what I'm asking. I mean, I guess why wouldn't I be? Is yeah. Right now I'm moving into more management and less execution. I'm sure I'll be involved in the infrastructure and the technical, the architectural stuff. I'll be involved in reviewing and things like that. But why is that so much different than if I was giving giving orders but like, you know how a board meeting works yeah. you talk yeah. you have your members and you might have a director of this director of that and they come into play or v i don't even know how it works to be honest you've got vps and directors if we were at that point honestly the only thing i don't like about that is we'd be i feel like we'd be bloated and i don't know how yeah. if it was super profitable and it was sustainable and, we, and you're like oh yeah you know you're doing tons of profit and it's sustainable you've got big amount of um, of um if you want to call it runway and you've got that many people i would be i think indifferent that doesn't make me flinch as much. I'm sort of learning that you need to have your staff matching the pace that you desire. I don't mm. think either of us have ever, I know we have never talked about wanting hyper growth. And I know yeah. that, that we probably wouldn't enjoy that. And so I really just want a team that's got, that matches our desire and our customer's desire for growth. 
That's really what it comes down to. If 5,000 people was more than that, then I'd feel wrong about that. But if 5,000 people were somehow needed, I, don't, I can't see this. This world just doesn't exist. I know, and this is this is a pointless hypothetical because at this point, you're then talking about, you know, like Google, they've got massage um, therapists in-house that, that got let go. Yeah, I'm not. Well, yeah. I mean, all the big tech companies have let go of like 10 to 20% of their staff now. And none of them have cut their productivity by 10 to 20%, right? Like, yes, that's just it. So Pete, I'd yeah. never be in a place where I'd want to hire more than we need. I, I like the small but mighty teams. We hire top players. We've got a small team. I'd be comfortable. I think I'd be comfortable with 50. If 50 were truly needed, truly needed. Mm. If, it made move, it if it made us yeah, better. And things were moving at the pace we wanted and it was all sustainable. I feel okay with that. I, I don't think we'll need that. I, I could see us having 20. I could honestly yeah. see us having 20 and that being a case of we've got a strong team, it's sustainable. I just, I don't know how it's going to look. Because even now, one of the reasons why we, we've even hired people is because we can't do everything we want to do. And we're getting you know demands from customers, but requests and sometimes yeah. demands, depending on where yeah. they came from, um, requests and demands from customers on things that they want, right? And we obviously, we love that. But if we can't move at a pace that we want to move at, then we have to change some things. And that's what's you know, 5,000 hires, I doubt it, but mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of me too has this like romantic notion of just like a small team where like everybody knows each other. Everybody is mm-hmm. yeah. not, it doesn't have to be friends, but like is friendly with each other. Like we know what's going on to some degree with each other and we can have like whatever type of relationship we need to, to, to get the work done in a, in a professional environment. Right. Yeah. And that to me feels like if there was 5,000 people, I wouldn't remember everybody. And it's like, I want to know, like if I'm, if it's my company, I want to, I want to know who everybody is. Right. You open your but, drama as well. The more people you hire, the, the more yeah. people you hire, the more uh, variant, like, like the more extreme the differences can be. I, I mean, I always, I do come and you wouldn't be doing the hiring. I'm pretty confident that I wouldn't ever hire someone who is just looking for conflict. Like I can read that in people and I can, I can read it from people who want conflict, but then we wouldn't necessarily be involved in all the hiring. And then it goes, okay, well, like, ish. Yeah. I, there's too much loss of um, awareness and that sort of thing. I think at 5,000, why am I even thinking about this? We won't get to 5,000 dude. No way. It's, Okay, so what have you had trouble letting go of? And I, I think it's really funny. So you, I would, I would really laugh if we had a designer because I just I can't picture you wanting someone else to design. That's my gut right away. I mean, I'll ask you the question. Yeah, what design you like? You like controlling the design and the brand. I guess I ha- I don't have trouble letting go of anything because I haven't let go of anything yet. Right. Mm -hmm. I guess. No. So, okay. No, I let go of support. Yes. I had no trouble letting go of support. Yeah. It was actively hurting my mentals. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, if I had to give up the reins on design and content for the app and website, other than blog posts, blog posts, I don't care about, but like all the marketing pages, if I had to give up design and content and like the the voice of the brand, Mm I would have to, I think I could probably do it, but I would probably struggle like you're struggle like you struggled with letting go of wanting to develop full time. Like I, I would probably have the same <laughs> the same issues to be honest. You're not at a place with design where not letting go is actively hurting the business, right? No. So that's the difference with me is like 
yeah, enge- engineering is is interesting. As a well, whole. we're a software company. It's mostly software. Yeah, it's is, and it's some of the stuff is and like random things that happen that are just complex to solve. It's uh, design has not design has never been a bottleneck, right? Like design's actually always been like ahead of everything because you're you're ahead designing, and you're quick as well. Like, you know, you've been doing it a while. You're very quick, and so yeah, I don't even think you'd need to like you wouldn't even need to let go of that because there's no bottleneck. You like it's not causing active damage. Whereas engineering, there's bottlenecks. Like it's like all the features annoyingly. Um, need need more people and it's not annoyingly that's the wrong word um, yeah it just is it's it just felt a- annoying because i wanted to be able to do everything <laughs> yeah. but i know it's like be realistic so stop being stupid you know you can't do everything and now i i love the people we work with so it's actually worked out really well i'm very cool. happy with where we are like i wake up happy about what we're doing and the people we work with so yeah i i agree so let's end it there. I, f- I feel like this was good. Uh, hopefully, yeah, if you agree, nice. um, tweet us. Or if you disagree, keep it to yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, email. Com <laughs> if you hated anything. Oh, God. Yeah, that's not making the episode. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Above Board podcast. And we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.